When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. everyone. It's me. It's Jen Zabrowski. I'm back. I'm back because I had to come back because we need to talk about Britney's book. It has to happen. You guys, we have to talk about the woman in me. I'm holding the book. You might even like hear pages turning. This was very last minute. Okay. I went back and forth, back and forth. Do, do I talk about Britney? Do I come back and here's why I disappeared. And I, I, you know, some of you have DM'd me, reached out, and or when I run into people, friends who listen to the podcast, and they ask why, and will it ever come back? And I said no for a long while. And, and, and here's why. Because Brittany asked us to. And she kept going onto her own Instagram and saying, I want everyone to stop talking about me. She even would say how she didn't like the documentaries that came out, which that was so surprising to me because it's what helped free her. And she was so happy about that and thanks her fans in the book and uh, and would thank her fans on her Instagram. And so she was taking me left. She was taking me right. She was taking me up. She was taking me down. She was taking me backwards. And I just said to myself, I respectfully need to step away from my friend, Brittany. I just want her to find peace and find happiness. And as we're all discovering reading this book and which I knew from recording all the previous podcast episodes was that Brittany has always been pulled in both directions of being in public and being in private and wanting to be in the spotlight and wanting, you know, this complete privacy, a simple life of just, you know, children, love, and, you know, owning a store with with Felicia maybe someday. Uh, that's also in the book. I mean, I, I love it all so much. And so 
I I was ready to just let Brittany have her life. I I gave up on her ever returning to music. And I think we're all, you know, still in that place a bit. I mean, yes, she has given us two amazing singles uh, and has come out of retirement. And I thank her for those, um, especially, especially her duet with Elton John. I mean... That that took us places. That was was that either was that Labor Day or Memorial Day? I remember it was one of those weekends, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be the song of this holiday," um, and everyone's just going to be out dancing and having a great time to this. And it also was the opening song for this season of and just like that, which you know, I had some I had some issues with that that opening sequence of all the ladies making love in silk negligees, which. I don't do that. Does anyone do that? They all had silk negligees. I don't, I, 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 they all made love in silk negligees. I just, it was, um, can't even get my words out that, that I'm still processing. But, but here's what I will say is that Britney still is the soundtrack to our lives. And now we have this book and I decided to come back because this is her book in her own words and, you know, she wants she wants us to buy this book. She wants us to devour this. She said the book is for us. So I feel like it's right and it's okay to talk about Britney in this way. Now, guys, since the last time we talked, I feel like I'm a whole new person. And I'm sure you guys do too. I mean, we, we, we came out of a pandemic. We didn't see that coming. I got on Lexapro. So much like when Brittany says she starts reading Christian uh, self-help books and then right after says, and that was the time I also started taking Prozac. I was like, God bless. God bless you, Brittany. Uh, because I was reading some self-help books and I started Lexapro and it changed my life. So cheers to you. Love that. This was, of course, you know, she was referencing all of this in her early days. But so, yeah, since the pandemic, that has happened. And I think I've, you know, I have thought of Brittany so much over the last few years because for me, I, I found that this time was the biggest growth period in my life. And finally, kind of, um, I don't know, like processing, uh, or actually more taking care of my mental health, uh, not just going to therapy. Like, you know, like I said, like talking to a psychiatrist, figuring out kind of the things that were challenging me. And I only bring this up because it's just made such a huge difference in my life. And I think that these things have, have made a huge difference in Brittany's life. And it's just really, you know, blowing my mind. And also, you know, Brittany going through her mental health challenges throughout her life. And, and as we will discuss here on We Need to Talk About Brittany, which is more like We Need to Talk About the Woman in Me, Brittany's book, I we will we will see that this is a a life of um uh generational trauma. I mean we are talking Brittany is is both of her grandmothers. I mean, I, I am blown away. Now, of course, did I skip right to the Justin chapters when I walked out of that Barnes & Noble after my Orange Theory class this morning? I did. I sat down. 
on a little fountain, uh, a little side bench by a fountain. I, I let the, the, the sun hit my cheeks and I just whipped open that book and I went right to the Justin chapters. And, and then I went back and, and, I, and I started from the beginning. And I'm so glad that she started from her beginning. And I have a very special guest on the podcast today to, to talk about the first eight chapters. I brought back Theodore Leaf, our good friend, my good friend. Theodore was on the podcast and his episode absolutely slayed all of us. And it was about Britney's hair. He broke it down. We had, we had pictures. We had a timeline. We got into color. We got into cut. We got into extensions. I mean, we, uh, we went there. And so that's a great episode. If you can go back and listen to that. And uh, after you listen to this episode with Theodore, I think you will so enjoy it. But Theodore was my neighbor. We lived in the same neighborhood in Los Angeles. He listened to the podcast and he figured out that we lived in the same neighborhood. We ended up having friends in common. We connected. We went out to lunch. And obviously, we just clicked because we both love Brittany. And he came on the podcast. But then after that, we started going on these neighborhood walks and during the pandemic, it was an absolute uh, lifeline. And we really got into it. And we would just just go right to the heart of the matter. And I'm so glad that I had a friend like that during the pandemic where we would be outside and we would just be having a great time. And one of the first times I left the house, really, and I remember I put actual clothes on, was just to go to Theodore's house and sit outside, and we drank rosé, I think, or sparkling rosé, and then we went inside and we blasted, and when I say blast, I mean blasted the speakers out, and we re-watched Britney's tour, Dream Within a Dream, and it will forever be one of my favorite coming out of the dark of the pandemic moments was watching that. I came back. I was like, I'm a new person. I've been baptized. All will be right in this world. We have, we have survived. So it is only fitting that Theodore came back and is on this inaugural episode of the podcast as we break down the book. Okay, so guys, what is this podcast going to be? How long will we be here together? Okay, I just want to set this up before we 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 get in and uh, to the, these first eight chapters. Okay, we are going to break down this book. This is a limited a limited time offer. I'm coming out of retirement to just, because I, I have to process this with all of you. My friend was like, okay, listen, I don't even know if I'm going to read the book, but like, I want us to like drink wine and then you just tell me about the book. And I'm like, you know what? No, let's do it all together. So every week for five weeks, we are going to get together and we're going to talk about this book if you want to join the conversation, you can DM me on Instagram. My handle is at Jennifer Zaborowski, Z-A-B-O-R-O-W-S-K-I. And so at Jennifer Zaborowski, DM me with questions, comments. Let's kiki in there and then let's bring it onto the podcast for the next five weeks. So jump into those DMs and we will go section by section and I'll figure out 
how many chapters. What I decided to do was like the, these first eight chapters are her childhood. And I think that's the, the best way to go about it. So you might even hear me like flipping the pages. This is a book club. This is, we're getting together and we're sipping wine and there's a cheese board and we're just, we're, we're, we're getting it done. So I'm so glad to be back. I love each and every one of you. And let's welcome to the podcast, Theodore Leaf. Hello, Theodore. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, we're back. <laughs> what a day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my <sighs> goodness. I mean, everyone needs to know this is the day, the actual day the book came out. I have been glued to the audiobook actually running around because I had just I had to get through the whole thing and I've crossed the finish line. <laughs> well, congratulations. I have not yet crossed the finish line. I know a lot of people have. Now, let me ask you this. Did you do so you're you did audio. Okay. So you just like got up this morning and you got right to it. It was the first my eyes opened and I downloaded it on Audible immediately and was like, let's get into this. It's amazing. And let's start with this. Michelle Williams. By the way, Michelle Williams is like actually acting in this audiobook because she's giving me Britney vibes. A couple times she puts in the slightest southern accent. Yes, yes. We're getting twang. We're getting a little bit of a little bit of twang in there. And also too, like there's so much like thoughtful, like like inflections and also like slowness at times that's really quite necessary. As someone who's used to listening to Britney sing, you know, obviously we don't we don't hear her talking all the time. But those who of us who love her, we know what she sounds like. And it wasn't a caricature. It was just this really nice, thoughtful way of presenting it and giving us a Britney feel without feeling like it's a character. I mean, gorgeous choices. She yeah. she was I mean, she she was really serving like she treated this like any performance. And I have to be honest, do you know that Britney does the intro? Yeah. So she does the intro and it's actually kind of distracting because Britney doesn't sound like we kind of know her to sound through this whole thing. So I think if it was her the whole time, it might not land like it's really landing, at least in my opinion. Agree. Agree. I mean, Michelle Williams has yet to win her Oscar. And if we could give her one for this, she should get it. I mean, it's incredible. So can she win a, can she win a, she could win a Grammy for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, let's all make sure that happens. Let's start that campaign. She's incredible. She has has a real, um, vulnerability in, you know, in her delivery of this. And it's, I mean, again, just the perfect choice. This is a lot of heavy material. This is not this is not just an easy breezy story to get through as an actor or an actress. Like this is this is a lot. It's way more than I ever imagined actually. Same. And connections like things Theodore that we have talked about together about Brittany and things on the podcast that we had talked about or things that have happened on the podcast, and then we talk about that episode later together. We had made some of these connections, like about family trauma and how that continued on then in her life, like through her dad, from the things he experienced in his childhood. But when it's all on the page and 
or in the audiobook and you're listening to it as a whole, you're like, whoa, there are so many connections. Let's jump in. So the first eight chapters, it starts from her childhood all the way to Mickey Mouse Club ending and um, and her wanting more and knowing that like establishing this push-pull between wanting this public life and wanting a private life and a small like hometown life. So the thing that jumped out to me, well, right away, I mean, chapter one begins. Okay, so it starts on page three, chapter one. The very first page, she makes it clear. She's like, my dad was an alcoholic. And like, this is the, this is, a huge driver for all of the things that then happened in Brittany's life. I mean, I love that she just got right to it. And she talked about her small town. And the thing that really stood out to me was this is like a classic alcoholic household when she talks about how she was even more upset with her mom and angry at her mom I think she says pissed at her mom. I just want to say this. I love that this ghostwriter, because we know she worked with a ghostwriter and obviously the ghostwriter did a lot of the heavy lifting of the, you know, tip tap on the keyboards here. And she did such, or he did such a great job at really making sure that the book was in Britney's voice. So I love that words like pissed and weird and things like that are in the book. I thought, I mean... Also award-winning to this ghostwriter for doing that. But she was so upset with her mom and her mom was so angry and didn't know what to do that her mom was just like screaming around the house. And it was really chaotic and really scary for Brittany. And let's jump into the the grandmas. Oh my God. Stood out to you, Theodore. So tell me. Well, It's so fascinating because when you look at social media and you look at interviews with people and you always say, and she always has said this, like, you don't know the real story. She's always said that in different ways. One of the things that struck me that is so simple is that her one grandmother had a British accent. And that so when she's stressed and when she's feeling a certain way, she'll just speak in a British accent. And everybody makes fun of her and writes the craziest things about her. And she just breaks it down in the simplest way that when I speak in a British accent, I feel my grandmother and it calms me down and I feel really connected to her. And it it just, my I like stopped in my tracks. I was on a walk when I was listening to that. And I was Same. like, oh, it's that simple. No, I'm not losing my mind. I'm, I'm in that space. And also... Think about when she does the British accent. It's at these high pressure times when everything around her is out of fucking control. And then she just does this British accent. Like it was very simple. She just wanted to like her grandmother was everything to her. So she was just trying to pretend to be her grandmother. Absolutely. And I think that so much of what we are learning through this is it's actually much more simple and human than anyone would ever give her the space to be. We're at such a different time now where 
people are able to share their vulnerabilities and share if they want these. I mean, just think about the fact that we have Instagram, that there is Twitter, X, what have you, all these platforms where celebrities are sharing their stories, where in, you know, 1998 and the early 2000s, I mean, they, you know, her team was pushing for her to say that she was a virgin and this, that, and the other. And it was like all of these like public statements and she wasn't able to be vulnerable at all. Okay. So there's grandma Jean and there's grandma Lily. Grandma Jean, so it's Britney Jean Spears, as we all know. So she's named after her Grandma Jean. This blew my mind. So her Grandma Jean, okay, Theodore and I are nodding our heads. We are losing our minds over this. Grandma Jean is Jamie Spears' mother, okay, her dad's mom. Grandma Jean loses a baby three days after she gives birth. The baby dies. Her husband, June who was known to be a real SOB, he puts her in, like, in the hospital, but, like, in... An asylum, girl. An asylum. And they put her on lithium. And and also, that June later, he had been married three times, he put his second wife in the asylum. Okay, so already we're getting Jamie then goes on and does that to his own daughter. The model behavior. The model behavior. He's just doing the same playbook. He's doing the same playbook with his son and the sports and nothing ever being good enough. I mean, it, it is so, it's so classic pattern abuse the person who was abused repeats the same thing without even without even a modification jen it's it's so literal it's so literal and ridiculous that the combination of the two grandmothers stories gets sort of intertwined in britney's story and this is again from her own mouth which you and I have never, ever been able to actually speak on this with any real data that that came from her. And now we're getting it all. She is a combination of both of her grandmothers. And that is so interesting to me. The fact that Grandma Jean has this baby. Three days after the child is born, the child passes away. The husband puts her in an asylum. They put her on lithium. She gets out. She is never right again. She goes to the gravesite of her child who passed three days after it was born. And she takes a shotgun and kills herself on the gravesite of this child. And it's, I believe it's six or eight years after the child was born. I think Jamie was like 13. 13 years old. So Brittany's dad was 13 years old when this happened to his mother. It is so unbelievably tragic. And also my heart breaks for Jamie, unable to process any of this, not having any of the tools, not having any help. And so what he does is he completely numbs himself and leaves his own family for days at a time. And and later, I mean, just does the same 
thing that his dad did to him. It is so sick and and so tragic and so sad. And the fact that it's like, well, he's like, you know, my dad is like his dad. And it's like, no, my dad is exactly like his dad. I mean, the I just, the, the putting two wives in an asylum and then later putting Britney in an asylum in a, you know, in a 50, 51, the modern version. Yeah. And, and you know, all the things that come after and then there's grandma Lily. And so grandma Lily, so her mom's mom was this British woman who falls in love with the, which also wait, Oh wait, Theodore, did this stand out to you? So her grandma Lily Mary's, you know, Brittany's grandfather, Barney, he was over in England and he was driving. He was a driver and he, he drove like the troops around. Right. I think that's what it was, but he was a driver and he liked to drive fast. And I'm like, also, this is in Brittany's blood. She loves to drive. This is crazy. So uh, they have, so Lily, grandma Lily comes back to the United States with this man and she gets here and she is like, what have I done? They are in rural Louisiana. And she's like, where are the lights? Where is everything? And she hates her life until the day she dies. And is not allowed to return for fear that she will never come back. That's right. I was ruined listening to this because the level of control, the fear of, oh, what if she is left to her own devices? Oh, gee, she's going to go do something normal. Like say, I don't want this. And Grandma Lily came from a wealthy family and a mm-hmm. family that loved music. They all sang. They all played instruments. And this absolutely shattered me was that she was so distracted and so Basically, really what it was is that Grandma Lily was disassociating. And at dinner time, she was known for clearing the table and cleaning up. And it says in the book, obsessed with cleaning and would clear the table before anyone was finished eating because she was just so unhappy. It's so, so she is also, Brittany is also Grandma Lily. And the fact that like Brittany got to, to, to live out Grandma Lily's dream of like a big city life, but then also ended up being controlled and trapped and was unable to go and do what she wanted to do. She is both of her grandparents. It is wild. I mean, I just keep saying you can't make this stuff up. And at the same time, on a positive note, I feel like we got, I feel like we're getting to know our friend and I feel like we get so much information on the roses, the teacups, the girliness. Cause she says she's, I loved my grandmother. Like we were really connected. She was so posh. Like that's where she got her. I think that's really a lot of information on why we kind of look at Britney's interior design style etc and we're like why is she in this storybook cottage old lady stuff and it's like i get it now yes and then her great-grandmother and that relationship and wanting and just being obsessed with sleepovers that to me when she talks about her great-grandmother and going and sleeping at her house 
and how it was her favorite thing was to like go through her makeup and that they would just, she would look at her great grandmother while she was sleeping. And that really, I was like, oh, she has always just wanted to be with girlfriends. Which you've been saying the entire, entire time you've been doing this podcast. The entire time she, she just, and also I think she's healing from the fact that that was the first, one of the first things that was taken away from her. Because of the car accident. Yes. So Brittany and her great grandmother got in a car accident, um, which is, I mean, who hasn't gotten in a car accident with their grandmother? Okay. My grandma, Jessie had this little, this little tiny car. I don't know what it was. Um, and my grandmother lived across the street from us and she would take me from Amsterdam, New York down to Albany. We would go to Toys R Us and then we'd go to Long John Silver and we would just have the time of our lives and she would drive so fast and it was dangerous, you know, like, and finally there did come a day when my parents were like, you can't do that anymore. And it's like, that really broke my heart. It was like, oh, that I remember that feeling of like, oh, we, I don't do that anymore with Grandma Jessie. She's unable to do that with me. And it is heartbreaking. And Brittany, I mean, even more so, obviously, because she was escaping her terrible house. I mean, talking, I mean, that where it's the dad would, Jamie would show up and just be out of his mind. And Brittany said it was a kindness when he would leave them for days on end and then Lynn just going crazy on him. I mean, that, that made me so sad, but, but I just to, to make, put a point on this is that I really believe that Brittany being taken away from her great grandmother and no longer being able to have those sleepovers. It's like, it's why all she wants to do is have a sleepover all day long. And later we hear about her connection with her kids and naps and all of that. Like it just continues. And and her brother and his accident. Oh my God. I had no idea about that. Did you? I had no idea. No I idea. I mean, think about that. Like your older brother and she said they were so close and like to see anyone that you love in a full body cast so traumatizing so traumatizing and and her she slept in his bed till she was in the sixth grade <laughs> i know how much okay just god to bless pivot, louisiana god bless it, louisiana. Just, and just to pivot a little bit how much did we love reading that britney smokes virginia slims <laughs> i mean and she's like and and that's what I smoke today. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it, this whole story is both, and it, this is the continual theme. It's so big and it's so small at the same time. And that is Brittany. She is so big and so small at the same time. And I don't say small in a bad way. I say small in, in a way of us, of being just as a normal person, like not the mega superstar that is Britney Spears, just like, a normal girl who's like, yeah, I smoke the same cigarettes my mama smokes. Smoke. And you know what is on top of the big and the small? Like I, I see it like an arch on top of those two qualities is like mystical. 
very deep, very like she goes to all, I mean, we open up with her on the warm stones looking up at the sky. And I mean, and then we're in Arizona and we're going on a, Oh, there are, we are going like, Oh, Jen. Oh my gosh. Like so much that you were tapped into in so many of our conversations have, has been confirmed validated and elaborated on like you were not just shooting in the dark here you were going on your own intuition i feel a little bit like claire danes right now and i've had the board up for all these years and i've been like connecting all the things you know in homeland like like a real like psycho and 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 now i'm like opening the book and i'm like oh we were so close we were circling yes. all these things for sure it's I mean, the driving, the fact that her mom, her mom just wanted a friend. Let's talk a little bit about Lynn. Okay. Lynn was taking her daughter to have daiquiris and white Russians and letting her drive the car. At 13. She's like, I was driving the car at 13, going to Biloxi to have some freedom from Jamie. Yes. So that that part is so crazy because it's like, oh, so now you have your girlfriend. You gave birth to your your gal pal that you're just gonna, you know, take to Biloxi for for a, a girl's weekend. Meanwhile, she's 13. 13. And the smoking the cigarettes and getting caught and then... The other car accident? The other... There are so many car accidents in this family. Also, that's how how Grandpa Barney ended up dying was in a car accident. It, I mean... Everything is connected in this family. It's a literal soap opera. All day long, all the time. I, I have something I need to say about Miss Lynn. And I have one little thing that I can't forget to say because it was so striking to me. Miss Lynn, her reaction to the trauma of the relationship with Jamie is almost as bad as the trauma of Jamie. In that, like, her reaction almost negates whatever he was actually doing. And this is something that I've learned in my own life is if your reaction is so big and so extra, you can eclipse the thing that the person that actually did wrong because your reaction is so crazy. Yeah, then no one's going to be talking about what Jamie did. It's going to be about what Lynn said and how Lynn reacted. Yeah, she's keeping her kids up at night because she's screaming at him. Meanwhile, he's passed out. Or he's, you know, like she says, just feed him and put him to bed so we can all go to sleep. It's so simple. And and the other piece of that that I was so struck by, and this really does fall in the thread of it being really big and really small, is that she would always be hiding in a cupboard. Where's Brittany? Where's Brittany? And she's like, I loved feeling so small and in this like confined little space that knocked me over. And that she loved being in a small space. She loved hiding and she also loved getting attention for doing that. Yes. Because she just wanted to feel seen and her saying yes. that broke my heart. And she says on page 29, 
I was a little girl with big dreams. I wanted to be a star like Madonna, Dolly Parton, or Whitney Houston. I had simpler dreams too, dreams that seemed even harder to achieve. And that felt too ambitious to say out loud. And then she said, these were her thoughts. I want my dad to stop drinking. I want my mom to stop yelling. I want everyone to be okay. Oh, because that's what everyone really wants is to feel safe and to feel loved and for there to be peace. She wanted that more than to be like Madonna, Dolly Parton, or Whitney Houston. I mean, this, this girl, this woman. She's been asking for the same things forever. Mm -hmm. If you look at the whole thing and all the patterns, she's been asking for the same things forever. And to the best of my knowledge, she's never gotten them. Except for the fact that she did become a massive star like Madonna or Whitney. Mm -hmm. Like that was her. She's like, oh, that's the easier part. Yeah. That's 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 what she was saying. She's like I can do that, but I can't create a home life that is calm. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love that she went to New York. She is cast in this off-Broadway show called Ruthless. She is Natalie Portman's understudy. And you even. And <laughs> she was like, oh, I can I can do this. Like, I am as good as everyone else. Like, you know, she's been in this small town. So, of course, she was the best dancer. Of course, she was the, the best gymnast. Of course, she was the best singer. And so then now she's in the the city that never sleeps, the biggest city on the biggest stage, you know, where, you know, she's on in this off Broadway show and she's holding her own. And once again, here we are, we come back to this big, small, she gets the part and then she's the understudy. She's exhausted. She gets moved up to the top spot for Christmas day. And she's like, you know what? I want to be home. I want to be home with the big Christmas tree, not the Christmas tree in the apartment. 
let's go. And she walks away and doesn't do it. Can you imagine, by the way, being Lynn Spears and your daughter that you're in this apartment and she's like, I don't want to do this. That must have been a very tough Christmas. Yes. Yes. The duality continues. Continues. And then she goes to the Mickey Mouse Club. I loved how, I mean, we were connecting a lot of the dots from the Nikki Deloach episode that we did here on the show. Um, so we knew that she that Nikki was close with Brittany. They shared a dressing room. I love that Brittany shared who her actual cr- crush was, that it was Tony DeLuca, who later, didn't he go on The Voice later? I, think, I don't know. Did I he? I think he came out of, like, he came out of his own retirement, out of the woodwork, and then he he might have even, like, won the season or something. He was very cute. He was very, he was very handsome. But I love that Brittany talked about having a crush on him way more than, than Justin, even, in this chapter. And this this book continues to, it answers so many questions and then there are so many questions still <laughs> unanswered. And it's like, we get a little bit about her and Justin, like they really connected. They were close. She's having the time of her life. It was boot camp. The kiss, the holding hands under the table. Yes. And that Justin was her first kiss. I mean, it's the cutest thing ever. Like, come on, stop. Mickey Mouse Club, your first kiss, little and it's with JT, Justin and then they're back together later. I mean, the whole thing is so great and so cute. And how about how? Okay, so Lynn couldn't be the parent that she needed to be. Okay, so Lynn is, you know, giving Brittany daiquiris, this, that, and the other, and they are there. Brittany's shooting Mickey Mouse Club, and this is when Grandma Lily dies, and. Lynn and Brittany do not have enough money to fly home for Grandma Lily's funeral. And Lynn Harless, Justin Timberlake's mom, pays for the flight home. I mean, what are we even saying? First of all, I love her. Like, that is the sweetest thing. And I've seen her on TV. She seems really sweet. Yes. Like, that is so thoughtful and kind. I grew up as the kid with not a lot of money and I had family members do stuff like that for me. So I know what that feels like when somebody does something that a family member should do, but they can't. Mm -hmm. That is, that is like, as the kid who doesn't have access, Mm -hmm. giving that access makes everything better. What if she wouldn't have been able to go? I, she wouldn't and have been able to have that closure. That would have been so, I mean, well, what would have happened? I mean, my God, at least she got this, that bit of closure. So she could say goodbye to this person who, you know, meant so much to her and Lynn not being able to say goodbye to her own mother. And when Nikki was on the podcast, she talked a lot about how Lynn Lynn Justin Timberlake's mom, Lynn Harless, that she was very much like the the onset mom, and I think the chaperone. Yes, and I think she said in the episode too that 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 Lynn, Brittany's mom, Lynn, went home for a bit, and Brittany, I think, lived with them because she just had Jamie Lynn. Yes, yes. I love it how I do love how it's so casual. Like, and then my mom had Jamie Lynn. Like, it just was like. Everything was going great, and then 
oh, by the way, my mom had another baby. Like, just this, like, it's like she showed up in the mail. The things that are so great that are peppered throughout is she talks about Mariah Carey. Okay. She talks about how when she was a kid, she would listen to Mariah Carey, love Mariah Carey. Then she talks about when she has her first kiss with Justin Timberlake, a Janet Jackson song is playing. Was playing. Okay. Like, it's like, I lo- I just love how she talks about her heroes. And then she goes on to meet them and have all of these amazing moments with them. But she never is in competition with them. Like she, like for her, she just is like, they are amazing. I wanted to be like them. I have to say something about this that just got really clear for me. The other side of that coin is all of the people that we're talking about, the Mariah's, oh God, Aerosmith, help me. Steven Tyler. Oh, Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Like all these people that interact with Britney, they're in awe of her. Mm. They see the talent. She's she's becomes their equal because they know how good she is. We all just get to consume the product, but the people that make the product, they know what it takes. And so they are in awe of her. And she also says when she meets Steven Tyler, and his cape was so cool. <laughs> yes, totally. It's so like. It's just so she's everything she delivers is so straightforward. Like, and that's what we love about Brittany. Like she's, she's never going to be this like sophisticated, like heady. Like it's all about feeling and like the realness. And that really just comes through in all of these anecdotes and all of this story so much. And I, for me, just in general, I'm so connected to her as a human after reading this book. Versus just the woman who, like, did all the things that we all love. Like, this is all so stripped down. And it's like, I actually connect with her on an emotional level in so many different ways that have nothing to do with her artistry. I couldn't agree more. Same. I mean, that's why I was at the beginning of just reading this. And, I mean, this book came out at the perfect time. It's like, we've all, you know, we've all healed ish from the pandemic in life we had this like came out of this other thing ourselves and so we're able to reflect because you know we have said before that the pandemic was the closest thing to feeling like we were close to Britney's experience that she had been living in for years we talked about that all the time when we were walking yeah just being home not going anywhere, not seeing anyone. Not having access to a lot of things you're used to having access to. And we all started to go a little little kooky, you know? For sure. And that's how she was. And so throughout every phase of her life, though, she just remained so sweet. And I don't know how. And yet... As sweet as she is and as generous as she is to a lot of people in this book, considering the things that she experienced, she also is so open about this other part of herself, which is she does drugs, she drinks, she smokes, she has sex, she talks about I mean, and this is where we're we're ending is in chapter seven. She talks about after the Mickey Mouse Club, 
She goes home. A lot of her castmates decide they're going to go to New York. They're going to go to Los Angeles. Brittany is in this push-pull. You know, do I go to the big city? Do I go home? And she's like, you know what? I'm feeling the pull to go home, which is amazing because I feel like she, it, it's like the heavens knew that she was going to just be the star. And so these were the last years that she had to just, you know, be a teenager. And she talks so openly. I mean, I love how she puts it because this is how teenagers actually talk about the bad kid. Like, so I was at a bad kid's house. I'm at my bad friend's house. (laughs) She just kept talking about like, so I was back at the bad kid's house. I loved it so much. And that she hung with the, the older kids, with Brian, her brother's friends, ends up hooking up with, okay, this to me, I was like, oh my God, this seems like we're crossing a line. I don't like that this happened to Brittany, but then I love, of course, Brittany in the book. I'm like, she's going to say it was inappropriate. I don't like it. She's sleeping on her, she's at the bad kid's house. She's sleeping on the couch at the bad friend's house. And this boy that she had a crush on, who was a lot older than her, he climbs through the window at like 3 a.m. He, she opens her eyes. He's sitting on the couch over her and they just start making out. And I'm like, she's going to say she, she didn't like this. And she's like, I loved it. It was like a dream come true. It was like I conjured him. That's what she said. And that she talks about smoking in the in the boys locker room and how she was the only girl in there. And they would, I mean, the fact that she included that story in this book, you could be like, that's such a throwaway. And also like, who cares? I care. That's the stuff I actually care about. I, because we've never heard stories like that before, ever, ever. We just get, you know, these these bullet points throughout. And it's like that, knowing, because there was always like, we know that Brittany had that boyfriend and there's like the picture. I think she's like in a red, you know, kind of like prom dress. Oh, and the like, homecoming dress. The hair is curly. <laughs> it's pulled back a little bit like this. Like it's like a headband story. It's very pageant, this dress. Yes. It's a halter top. Yes, it is I know, a I know this top. dress. I know this dress in my heart and soul. I know this look. <laughs> so we've seen these things. And also now that we know these stories and now looking at that homecoming photo, she's dressing more maturely because she is with an older guy and that fact mm-hmm. that it's red and she always loved being like, you know, smoking and doing the thing. I was like, this is so great. I mean, that was definitely one of my favorite parts of these the first eight chapters for sure. Well, I think that that whole concept actually ties into the quote where she says, Everybody thinks I was the cheerleader, but I just wanted to play ball. I wanted to play basketball. And I was like, and again, this is where it's just this, this concept is just going to be throughout the whole book, throughout her whole story forever. Brittany is the queen of duality. Yes. She is the girl who wants to play ball, but then she's also this like, like, but that's the thing is like, she's never given us this like, oh, I'm just hot and I'm just going to stand here. She's like, no, I'm going to be hot and athletic. Yes. Like all of her performances are like, I am physically like absolutely strong and capable. It is never just this like, oh, I'm just kind of like, you know, so she's always had that and shown it in these different ways. 
hanging out with the boys, smoking the cigarettes, this and that, playing ball, blah, blah, blah. But then she's like, oh, well, when I'm doing girly things, like, this is cute. And she says, she's like, I'm from the South. She's, and I love when she says, she's like, what did they want from me? She's like, a Bob Dylan impression? She's like, I'm just this girl from the South. Like, I just want to be cute. Like, and also, I know what I'm doing. And it's something that has women, well, they certainly weren't given permission to be both things. No. And I I love that she she just kept questioning everyone. Like, why can't I I'm I'm both of these things. Like, get over it. It's fine. It doesn't mean that when I'm acting sweet that that's inauthentic, which she talks about later uh, after the MTV awards um, and, and her performance. But yeah, she can be both. And when she gets caught for skipping school for 17 days, that she would go to school at lunch, sneak out of school, go to this older guy's apartment or what have you. And then he would bring her back at the end of the day. She gets busted, finds out that it was 17 days that she didn't do this. And her mom's like, how did you do it? And she said, oh, I just forged your signature. And she was punished in such a way that they tormented her. Her family has this, I mean, they, they just are broken people, but they, 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 I literally wrote like they tormented her they, they, a a punishment. I had to walk around the neighborhood all day with a bucket, cleaning up the garbage, like a prisoner on the highway. Brian followed me around taking pictures as crying. I picked up trash monsters. Monsters. I mean, if you and I were sitting having coffee and you just recounted that story of the time you got caught running off with your boyfriend and that was your punishment. Like I I couldn't drive after that. Like that is so dark and twisted and messed up and history will continue to repeat itself and get bigger and worse. I know. I just wonder, you know, where, where does it all go from here? So that this ends this is the end of, of chapter seven. Um, and so we will, we'll pick up at chapter eight next episode, but I did skip ahead. Like I said, to the Justin chapters. So let's just touch on that real quick. And then we're, we're, you know, I'll get into it so much more later on, but wow, she, how do we think Justin's feeling tonight? I mean, she aired his dirty laundry. So when you're list when you're reading the book and you're just like, okay, so now now Justin, like basically like when they break up, you think like that's it. And then you're like, oh wait, just kidding, because his album's gonna come out. And then she drops all the balls of all the I mean, it's they weren't married, but the all the infidelity, all the cheating, all the stuff. And she was honest, she was your girl. She was like, listen, we are both like some of the most famous people in the world. We're traveling on opposite ends of the earth. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. I love him so much. I get it. She's a girl from the south. She's like, 
men just do that you know like you she, you can tell that she's like rationalizing it and then like she has this one indiscretion and she is seared and she's like oh no honey and i love the way that she positions it she positions it like an actual reporter she's like let me tell you how this has been portrayed upon me but this is the real real my jaw is actually like sore from falling on the ground and being dragged as I was walking. And the fact that she never outed him was never, never, never wanted revenge. She sat and took it. It's 2023. This is over 20 years ago. She's never said a word. Never she said a word. She sat there with Diane Sawyer and let it bottle inside of her body and said, Strong Britney. Strong Britney. Ew. Strong Britney. Remember? He didn't have to be strong, Justin. No. No. And that's what she says to us. She's like, no one ever turns it the other side around. And I'm listening to, uh, or I'm watching Lessons in Chemistry right now. Mm -hmm. And it's the same narrative. Are you watching it? I'm not. Should I? Everyone it's, says it's you the should. best book. And then it's also so that great. the show is so great. No, it's so great. But it, literally, like, this is the formula. All you have to do is reverse the question. Ask the same question to the man that you're asking to the woman. And it sounds insane because we're so used to this same narrative. And that's what Brittany's saying in the book. She's like, no one's asking him. Nobody asked him. Nobody said to him. No one sat down to him. And said, were you unfaithful? That never happened. Never happened. And never was going to happen. And let me just say that him strumming on his guitar while she <gasps> was having an abortion is the most Ken Kennergy moment I thought of the movie Barbie. And with him strumming that guitar like an absolute ding dong. I don't want you to strum a guitar as I'm having an abortion. And then in, in, the, in the breath after, she says, oh, and then, you know, after that was over, then I knew that he was going to break up with me. What? What? And meanwhile, by the way, we haven't said her name yet. Miss Felicia. I know. Felicia has been through the ringer. With our girl. I know. And has held her hand through this entire process. Where was where was Miss Lynn? Thank God she had Felicia. No, exactly. And I'm not saying that he manipulated in her because she was very clear. We decided. Yes. She yes. and I really, I do really appreciate, and you know, she put the Instagram post out. She's like, everyone's sensationalizing this whole thing. And when you really read the book and have context, I do not think that Brittany did anyone dirty. I think she gave a lot of context, a lot of detail. I think that in the this situation with him, she was very gracious and made sure that it wasn't a simple headline. Agree. I said to my sister today, we were talking about the Justin of it all. And she said, you know, what do you think, is anyone in his family, do you think his mom, or do you think anyone is 
you know, disappointed in his behavior if they read the book. And I said, no, absolutely not. And I was like, listen, she really does give a lot of context. She's very generous. They were both very young. And, you know, you hope he's now a man in his 40s. He has two children of his own. You you hope that he's, you know, been to a lot of therapy, that that he can understand his part. But... I mean, she she said, you know, he he was the driver of of not wanting a child. But also it's like he didn't want a child. He thought he was too young to be a dad. He thought that they were too young to do this. Jen, every after school special in the world has this exact same narrative. Yes, this is I mean, nothing new. I went new. to Catholic school, okay, a Catholic high school, okay? I, I've got stories, all right? And everybody's scared to death and no one wants, you know, any anyone families friends anyone to find out because also you know you're you're young you're a teenager I, I so I I think it is so brave to tell to tell these stories uh, to tell because it is it is exactly what Brittany has been saying to us it's not, it shouldn't be sensationalized it's just like this is what happened you know everybody everybody's okay you know but this is what happened and I don't, I don't think that she skewered him at all. I think what she did is she literally just told us, and in this time in the world, this is how it worked, in that he was able, however, in the skewering, it's like she didn't skewer him. She literally was like, and then he wrote this song about me. And I can't believe this video. That's the one thing I will say. Okay. That I feel like leveled. we need to... The fact that even, okay, you break up with someone after you have this shared experience, okay? I get that. I can even, I can get on board with that. But to have cheated himself multiple times, to have gone through an abortion together, to be the biggest celebrities at the time together, to have been childhood friends to have had their first jobs in Hollywood together and to then write that song and make that video and go on that radio show and say, yeah, I had sex with Britney Spears. And she was nice about that. She said, I liked that he said that we had sex. I mean, she's a good gal. She is, she is a down, awesome person. She was so generous with that. I was shook. She was so honest. She's like, and I love how she she said, why were they trying to have this narrative that I was this virginal, blah, blah, blah. She's like, how did this even make sense? She's like, here I am, I'm 20 something. Like, what? Like, this makes no sense. It ne- She was also like, it never made sense. I was never that person. I never had a problem with it. There shouldn't have been a problem with it, which I'm the first person to raise my hand and say there should all. No, I agree. I agree. But then for him, he's the one who did the skewering, let's be quite honest. And that, and you can tell, and this is through the book, this is through, this is through the court testimony, this is through everything. One of Britney's hot buttons is she does not want to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, it, it just is one of those things where she's like, I do not want to be made to look like this thing. And she's done so much, have been so nice, and the yes, ma'am, and the no, sir, and all that for so many years and she's like and you're still going to rake me over the coals 
and Diane Sawyer me and all of that. And then she said, thank God, she, you know, Oprah was like, that is nobody's business. And I feel like that's a great place to end is on Oprah because it always comes back to Oprah, doesn't it, Theodore? Doesn't it? Doesn't <laughs> it? She she stood up for our girl and I am always loved Oprah and she stood up for our girl and she needed to be stood up for and no one seemed to be standing up for her at all. And she was like, that is nobody's business but yours. Well, listen, this is we're we're just at the beginning. We're just at the beginning. Theodore, I mean, would you even would you come back even in this limited run to discuss more? All day long, because we need this is all this is closure. For all of us. Of, for all of us that have been on this journey. Yes, I will absolutely come back because I your podcast and what you've shared with us and the conversations that you have facilitated have been so fascinating. And now with the book, this is so much more. It's this has always been more, but you've made it more emotional and we're you've shown us how to connect with the human. And now the human that we've been connecting with is sharing her side and it's filling in so many of the gaps. I think it really is actually showcasing why anyone would sit on a podcast to talk about a pop star. And it's because we've always connected with the person, but we didn't really know why. Mm-hmm. I know it was like a mystical, my, you know, mysterious thing that we were all trying to figure out. And it is, you know, so listen, if you're out there and you're like us and you are also a Claire Danes on Homeland and you've got your board up and you put it away for a while, listen, take it out from underneath your bed, much like, Britney's framed letter from Justin Timberlake and dust <gasps> that thing off. Okay. The framed letter. That, okay, we will we're gonna talk it's about that. It's under her bed. We'll talk about that in a later episode. And <laughs> get ready because we we are going to to talk about Britney because we need to. So Theodore, thank you so much for being here. Theodore, is there anything you want to plug or tell people where to find you? No, I don't want to plug anything. Just, I love it. But let's keep let's keep breaking records with this book. Buy the copy, download the audiobook. I I already reviewed it. To, I just want it to get as much lift as possible. And talk That's about That's all I want. Talk about the ultimate star. She is not doing any press and this thing is selling so fast you can't keep it on the shelves i love it it makes me so Honey, happy that cover of people magazine was probably taken with the iphone by mr Cade hudson <laughs> <laughs> you know it was well theodore thank you so much thank you all for listening again if you want to uh message me uh, you want to ask any questions, there's anything that stood out to you in the first eight chapters that you want me to circle back on, please let me know. You can Instagram, you can DM me on Instagram at Jennifer Zabarowski. Okay, guys, till next time, we're back, baby. Powered by ACAST. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.